Welcome to Viva La Volva, the podcast that explores and teaches about the goodness of the vulva. Here is your host, Dr. Kara Quant, an internal medicine doctor and advocate for female sexual health. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Viva La Volva podcast. I am your guest host today, Lily Wang from Metamore, and we're doing something really special in this edition. We are interviewing and featuring the owner of Viva La Volva podcast, Ms. Dr. Kara Quant. Hey. It's so weird to be a guest on the podcast. On your own thank show. You, Lily, yep. <laughs> for hosting. <laughs> we reverse roles for this episode. And I was excited about this because even though we've been working together for almost two years together, which has been so fun, and you've had so many guests appear on your show, I think a lot of listeners and viewers, including myself, always want to know more about who is Dr. Kara and where you come from? What are your roots in history? And how did the whole show come about? So feel, you know, everyone welcome abroad, full round of applause, welcoming Dr. Kara on her own show. Yay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Dr. Kara, tell us about you. So where do I start? When I was one years old, no, <laughs> I grew up in Inglewood, California, and I am one of five, so I have an older sister and three younger brothers, so I'm the middle child. Um, I think there's some middle child within me, middle child instincts and things within me. I knew I wanted to be in medical school. I knew I wanted to be a doctor in high school, actually, and the story was I had an anatomy teacher named Mrs. King, and Mrs. King was an amazing teacher, anatomy teacher. She like was really innovative on how we like learned the different parts of the body. She actually made songs for us and like she recorded it on at this time it was a tape and so we had like tapes of <laughs> the recordings of different like anatomy parts. And towards the end of the class she brought in a cadaver which is a dead body for anyone that doesn't know. And we were able to like dissect and learn from this cadaver. And yeah, like mind blowing. What grade was this? This was maybe like 10th or 11th grade. Amazing. I don't know many schools that would roll in a cadaver dead body into a classroom. <laughs> no, it was very unique. And I feel like our class was the only class because I think that, I don't know if she got in trouble, but I think that there was a lot of people that were opposed to the cadaver experience. And so I remember talking to, you know, like classes uh, below me, you know, asking like, was, had this continued? And it didn't continue. So like I was one of the first and I guess only to have a cadaver experience at the school. How cool and unique, interesting. Not saying that you are like so many years ago, but I'm sure years ago too. Do you even remember like permission forms and? Yeah, no, we definitely, yeah, we definitely needed permission forms. Okay. Like, and there are some, yes, yes, we definitely needed parents' permission. It wasn't just, uh, you know, anyone that as in the class can do it. But it was it was exciting. And I remember there were some students that were like, I don't want to be close to it. Like, get me away from it. There are some people that didn't have, you know, their parents didn't sign 
to give them consent to do it. So like there was, yeah, there was some issues, but the people that did do it, it was a great experience. And we dissected the whole body. Like we did different presentations on the different body parts. I remember doing a presentation on like the spine. Was there a certain smell to it? Oh, there definitely was. Yeah. Like the formaldehyde. Yeah. The formaldehyde smell. And you know, this is actually really disgusting, but I'm going to say it anyway. In medical school, when we had cadaver lab, and we would have to do this like at least once a week. And this was before I was a vegetarian, but I like craved meat afterwards. Like I would always go to like Chipotle or something like that after cadaver lab because I was like, I really want like some steak or something. And so it was <laughs> carnivorous instinct came out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, like that was the first time that I was exposed to a cadaver. And it definitely wasn't the last time. So that's kind of how I got excited about being a doctor, got excited about medicine, and my path kind of started from there. Yeah. So, like, fast forward to me getting into medical school. I attended UCLA, the, the Drew program. So it's a combination of UCLA plus Charles Drew and the Charles Drew program is like a uh, is training doctors to work in underrepresented areas. So yeah, in medical school is where I kind of got interest in women's health and I remember thinking to myself like, oh, we are able to like we're learning about women's health, you know, periods and different things like that, but we're not learning about sex or problems with sex. I remember we learned a lot about erectile dysfunction. We learned about, you know, different things having to do with the male sexuality. But like when it came to the female parts, it was very different. There wasn't that much information. And the same having to do with residency is I, we didn't get that information. I eventually got into internal medicine residency And internal medicine, for anyone that doesn't know, is having to do with everything internal. I generally see patients from 18 and up, and internal medicine doctors can either be hospitalists or, like, admit people to the hospital, or they can work in primary care settings like a clinic, seeing patients with high blood pressure, diabetes, things like that. But we all see female patients, and that information still wasn't given. So I was like, I enjoy women's health. I want to be an advocate for women, especially their sexuality, in terms of enjoying sex. And so that's kind of where Viva La Vulva got started. And I know you didn't ask me that, but that was (laughs) a long, drawn-out story about getting to Viva La Vulva. That's why we're here. And in ter- in your time as being a doctor and practicing, how much time were you practicing and seeing patients? And then just kind of give us a little bit of that background and how much of the clinic and residencies that you were still getting your doctorate, but then realizing where's all the education and information for the female sexuality. So then that, I think that's what spawned you to create Viva La Vulva. Yes. Yeah, that was that was what started it is I didn't see that information. I didn't see the teaching on it. I didn't see the education in it in medical school and in residency. So I was like, 
I mean, I'm a woman. I want to get some information. I want to get information that is credible. I want to get it, you know, like from not just anybody, but someone that has some background in it or just has some education on it. And so um, that's when I started attending conferences like ISHWISH or the International Society of the Study of Women's Sexual Health. Uh, And that's where I met you, Lily. And so, yeah, it was, you know, just educating myself on it because I didn't get that in, in my training. And that's you as a medical professional looking for more education, but for just the average person who doesn't have that access or resource to going to Ishwish or different conferences or having that medical physician mindset, it's amazing. And we're so thankful. That's why you've created a space called Viva La Vulva so that we can get some of this information. But just for some of our viewers and maybe new listeners, tell us what is the Viva La Vulva podcast and what are your goals? Yeah. So Viva La Vulva, the podcast came out of Viva La Vulva, the art exhibit. So the art exhibit was back in March of 2018 and I brought a couple people together, more than a couple people, but it was like doctors and uh, sex therapists and pelvic floor physical therapists and artists. And we did an art exhibit on the female form, kind of what we have behind me, <laughs> the female form. And then next to each piece was some information about women's sexual health. So like one of the things that I commonly talk about on the podcast is, did you know that there's 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris? So like that was some information that was on the wall. And then it was a six week long exhibit. So throughout the six weeks, we had different panels where I brought in OBGYNs and family medicine doctors and sex therapists. And we had conversations around women's sexual health like how can women receive more pleasure what's the like barriers to getting access to care or getting quality access um there were just so many so many things that were discussed and so the podcast came out of that me wanting to continue to have conversations on a regular basis with different people and it's not just like medical providers it's I've had a pussy oracle on the podcast. I've had artists on the podcast. I've had pelvic floor physical therapists. I've had just a lot of a wide range of people talking about the goodness of the vulva, talking about how educating about it and how we can have a better relationship with our vulva for the vulva owners out there and also just giving information to the general public about what vulva owners go through periods had a period coach on so it's it's all different types of information and i would say the goal is to yeah provide more information to everyone about the vulva Sounds so cool. What a fun event and exhibition. And for those who don't know, the one in 2019 was in San Francisco. And this was Oh my gosh, I was this last year. I'm sorry. Pandemic year has just been like throwing it off. I think because of COVID, everyone is like, I don't know where. Yeah, it's like pre COVID and post, but. So, right. It was January 2020, the best part of pandemic year kickoff was the Viva La Vulva 
podcast, which kicked off great in San Francisco, so successful. And everyone will just have to stay tuned to see what happens if there's going to be one next year, early winter, spring. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. I think it'll probably be like a virtual thing, just depending on how the pandemic goes for the U.S. And yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm thinking it's going to be more of a virtual than an in-person thing, but I have some, some cool ideas up my sleeve. I know this will be really interesting just to like document. We can like look back on this five years from now, 10 years from now and see, look how far we've come. <laughs> look how far we've come. Yes. Uh, um, and we'll probably look at this at this time and be like, Oh my God, I remember when, you know, we all had to quarantine and we all had to like stay inside. And those are the, the good old days. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to think about that, but yeah, definitely. We're, we'll no. definitely in our memory. Like, definitely imprinted in our memory. Yeah. So besides supporting with listening to the podcast and your YouTube channel, how can folks support Viva La Vulva podcast? Well, you can go to the Viva La Vulva website at Viva La Vulva LA. You do have to have that LA part to it, dot org. And I'll put it in the description or we'll put it in the description. Um, you can go there if you would like. You can sign up for the, our email list. Also, we'll be rolling out more emails about just information, promoting the podcast more. So that would be the best way. You can also go on to our Instagram at VivaLavolvaLA, so the same handle, or follow us on Facebook. Same, same one. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Kara. I think everyone was just really excited just to get to know who the voice and faces behind the screen and microphone to your podcast and episodes covering such great topics on women's sexual health and wellness. And thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity. Well, thank you, uh, Lily, for being the guest host on the podcast and for interviewing me. I think, I, yeah, I think sometimes it is helpful to know my story and to get to know me a little bit more because what I've been doing is getting to know other people and, and how they are helping vulva owners to access their power more. So I am appreciative and I thank you. Of course, we loved hearing your story. So thank you. And thank you folks to listening to the Viva La Vulva podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.